Right. Good afternoon. Um, I'm here with Nancy Aguilar. I'm Luis Casillas and Sergeant Rudy Perez from the Los Angeles School Police Department. He is a Central, uh, a Central Division Field Sergeant. And it is October 25th, and it is 1.12 p.m. So I'm going to have Sergeant Perez introduce himself a little bit. All right, well, I'm going to talk to you guys because that's how it is. Uh, my name is Rudy Perez. I am a sergeant for the L.A. School Police Department. I've been here in this department for 17 years. Uh, I am an immigrant to this country, uh, born in Guatemala, and, uh, but immigrated here at the age of 10. So it's been an interesting life for me, understanding a different culture and a different life in another country, uh, and understanding that the reason why my mom and dad left was because of safety, was because the ability to have a life without being oppressed by crime. And that's definitely been a life changer for me, and which is the reason why I became a law enforcement officer. And can you tell us a little bit about your uh, daily duties and functions as a school police officer? Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll break it down a little bit. And in this agency, you'll have three uh, core uh, combinations of is one is a school police officer a school resource officer that sits on the campus um, for the most part his mission is to make sure that his campus is safe safe from uh, outside entities uh, safe from inside entities or entities that are unexpected earthquakes or other things that are uh, so uh, random that might affect the educational environment so the school resource officer is a person that has the ability to mentor lead and protect kids safely into graduation that comes with different variations, whether it's with uh, uh, creating a safe environment with staff, safe passages during the, the morning, safe passages during the evening. Uh, we do a lot of property protection. We're the largest uh, real estate owners in the country. Uh, we have 1,300 sites. We protect 700,000 students, 69,000 employees, um, and over 21 cities. So it's a pretty big beast that we that we manage and a lot of people kind of turn around going wow the LA school police department is that big yeah we're the fifth largest uh, police uh, in the LA County department in the LA County but we are the largest school resource officer police department in the country that's what we are and on uh, on daily duties how often do you interview juveniles or interact with juveniles absolutely a, a law enforcement officer on a campus on a daily duty does it uh, now now we're talking about how we do it right so it can be friendships because a relationship building with kids is the number one thing with your school resource officer. So on a daily basis, I interact with kids. I talk to kids, whether it's hi, hello, because I know them on a day by first names or last names. Uh, I talk to them on, like, hey, is there some issues that we are going on at home? Uh, we talk to kids that might need some counseling because our roles are to counsel sometimes kids through phases of life that kind of they don't have an understanding. You might have to interview somebody during a crime, of a commission of a crime. You might have to interview a student or an adult in, on that campus. So there's a daily interaction. Uh, for the most part, 90% of them is it's positive. And when dealing with some of these ju juveniles, what are some of the challenges that you face? Some of the, the challenges we do face is the lack of parenting. One of the number one things that we, we don't have is uh, parents make the, 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 the schools their parenting place. Like, you parent my kids, you police my kids. And unfortunately, because we have the lack of parents not engaging, uh, kids without discipline, without morals, without guidelines are going to act up. And because they don't know better, they don't know any better. 
So nobody's told them, hey, you can't do that. That's wrong. So it, it ends up being a school problem. And sometimes when a kid acts up, then the principals don't want to deal with the kid. And then they go, oh, he's acting up. Call the school police officer. Call the school resource officer. And then we're misused in these areas numerous times. So, you know, I don't know if that answers part of that yes. question. It's a great answer. And when dealing with juveniles in a school setting, this is a form of community policing, correct? Absolutely. And is it effective when working with juveniles? What kind of community policing is, is uh, what's the word, effective towards juveniles versus them being out in the streets? Well, I call it more of this. It's community, it's, the umbrella is called community-based policing, but it's relationship uh, school policing. That's really what it is. It's, it's the ability to find uh, answers uh, to a child's life and the school resource officer on that campus, uh, it's not about law enforcement. That's the last thing we even care about. It's about how do I get social services if he needs social services? How do I get mental health if he needs mental health? The school resource officer is the catalyst to bring the resources to that individual. And the, for, the, for many kids, even in elementary, law enforcement is the first contact on a school resource officer. That's, those are some of the things that you'll see. And you, you touch base on some of these resources. Can you elaborate? What kind of resources does the, this agency offer for the community, uh, in the, in more specifically the school community, and are they effective? You, you know what? Not everything's 100%. We can continue to grow. Every day we grow, we grow, we grow. But what we have learned is, yes, some of the things that our resource officers might bring social services. When we find a child that hygiene is an issue, going, why is this kid's hygiene not up to par for what a normal kid has, right? Whether you might have lice, whether he might be, you know, not smell as great, or he might be malnutrition going, we gotta get social services involved. And it's not the young kid's life, and maybe he's acting up, and it becomes a byproduct of not having social services at home. So the school resource officer has the ability to say, okay, you know what? He doesn't need incarceration, he doesn't need, he doesn't need probation, he needs social services. Let's bring social services in play. And you have parents that might not know how to address that and go from there. Okay, so um, what would you say is the impact of these programs on your agency? Like, does it make it easier on, like, for you to handle a certain situation, you know, being able to bring in social services? Do you see a difference, like, in the child's life, which would make your job easier, I imagine? Oh, absolutely. You know, because it's this. You have multiple agencies around our schools, right? And I won't mention agencies, other police agencies, but I'll tell you one thing. When our, our students see our school resource officers come from a school and they go, oh, that, that guy sits, that guy goes to my school. I know him by, by name. I know him as an officer. There's a relationship building. That's why I believe it's so much called relationship school policing. That's, that's really what it is. Um, and because kids see us as mentors, kids see us as guides, kids see us as really friendships and there's been numerous times i can tell you our our student population will say hey you know what i'm gonna go tell my school police officer or my school resource officer uh there's a gun on campus i just saw one on somebody's you know you know waistband and stuff like that and we recover guns all the time and people don't even hear about this stuff right because but it's the relationship uh that we have with our students and people go that's it that that's what it's about um, so what programs or resources with juveniles have you participated while on duty? Well, one thing that we do have is our PALS program. 
our, our police explorers program. Uh, we have also an organization here with the department called Friends of Safe Schools USA. You're, you're welcome to take a look at that. It supports the efforts of safety and education amongst our communities. We give backpacks away during Christmas full of toys and, and hygiene products and like beanies and stuff the kids are going to use, some Frisbees, soccer balls to get them out there exercising, a lot of school supplies. We For Thanksgiving, we feed close to 500 families, uh, and we connect with families that our cops know need help. You know, that our school resource officers realize going, hey, I need some help for this family. We're beyond law enforcement. It's above and beyond law enforcement. So those are some of the programs we have. Okay. Um, now, this is a multiple question. So if you want, I'll give you one at a time. Okay, yeah, go ahead. So have you ever arrested a, a juvenile? Mm-hmm. You have. You know, go, go ahead and okay. answer, answer the question. Um, what was the circumstance? And um, what is the process of arresting a juvenile? Okay, so unfortunately, yes, in, in the job that we have, the byproduct sometimes is arresting somebody. Whether uh, somebody got victimized, whether it's a serious crime, or a crime that we just have to take somebody into custody because there's people that are victimized. There are kids, some of our kids, students and staff members and community members that are victimized. So unfortunately, yes, the answer is yes. Uh, some of the reasons we've, vict- we've arrested kids for batteries, uh, sexual crimes, weapons on campuses, uh, and the list can go on and on. And why do we arrest them, you said? You know? Yes. And the um, last question was? It's, what is, actually, what is the process of, to, so, of arresting? Uh, it depends on the crime, right? It depends on crime. Now, we have a great thing called restorative justice programs, right? The restorative justice programs come into play because our officers believe, and listen, this kid doesn't really need a, a, a record being arrested. So there's a lot of discretion on the law enforcement officer the school resource officer to say we're going to send you to a restorative justice program a diversion program that gets them maybe ang- once again goes back to the resources anger management you know uh you know maybe drug uh, substance control uh so all these things that can come into play so instead of having a a, a a young kid or a teenager with a criminal record at such a young age those are diverted now there are times where there are some serious serious crimes that go on in our schools and we we've had murders in our schools We've had serious sexual rapes in our schools, okay? Unfortunately, that's, that, that happens. Um, our schools are safe, but they're very vulnerable. So those are the, we have to manage those vulner, vulnerabilities so much all the time. Okay, and would you say, just to expand on this, um, it's like you would take it like on a case-by-case Absolutely. circumstance? Absolutely. And do you find that it, like you touched on restorative... Um, restorative justice. Justice. And we've learned about that in our textbook. We've gone through it. Do you think it's it helps? It's a good tool. Do you see the difference? Okay, I'll I'll touch about restorative justice program. Reality is this: you guys are just learning about this stuff, but restorative justice has been around for decades. And guess what? I'm a law enforcement officer, and and God forbid that your family member would be hurt in any kind of crime. I want to restore his or her justice, right? So we, we've lost focus on the restorative justice, making it about the perpetrator and forgetting about the victim. So I always say this as a law enforcement officer, restorative justice starts off with the victim first. And then the byproduct becomes, but let's restore the subject or the suspect that committed the crime. But we have to focus on a restorative justice that really makes the victim whole again. Because it, it sucks that people are advocating for somebody that did bad, yet the person that's been victimized, raped, hurt, murdered, or killed, nobody's caring about them anymore. And that's wrong. So you go back to why I became a cop and why I believe in living in a country where 911 works, uh, 
where 911 is important because in any other country we live in, place in the world, 911 won't. But I know in the United States, it's about safety and having the ability to call help when you need it. Okay. Thank you for answering that. Um, so can you explain the difference between 601 WIC? Is that, am I saying that right? 601 WIC, yeah. And 602 WIC? Um, it all, it all, it's all depending on crimes. It's really what it is. They all, they all, 601s can be a different kind of crimes. 602s fall, fall under a different crime category. So they're it's, just categories. They're just categories into okay. some of those things. All right. So what about working with juveniles? Do you like or dislike or both? I love it. Okay. I love it. If, if I didn't work for the LA School Police Department... I, because, because of the impact of mentoring kids, I would go somewhere else. But I came to the understanding that when you wear a uniform, you have a leadership role in kids' lives. Nothing better than you when, when you walk into a, an elementary and you start giving high fives to kids, right? It's like they see the firemen, they see the law enforcement officers. They want heroes in their life. That's what, that's what we should be to kids. So reality is I love working with kids from teenagers all the way through kindergartners. Um, it is a challenge especially in these days of that you you know you got millennials in place and you know I believe in this I believe in that and everybody has an opinion not everybody opinion is the, is is the right thing for for an organization or an institution but at least it's heard of so as a law enforcement officer I wouldn't change anything in my 17 years of coming in here and working with kids love it every day nice so um what improvements do you think um the LAUSD department could do to um, make the future brighter for juveniles or just to change the situation? What do you think you well, guys could work on? One thing I'll tell you we are working on, you know, because I believe the SRO is the school resource officer. Uh, it's not even police officer. It's school resource officer. Let's use him for the resources that he brings, you know. One programs that we do, we do special ed, special ops, where my school resource officers are having training with, with people with a special ed that need that how to manage how to handle them how to understand them compared to the regular municipal officer that shows up to a scene that has no idea what are the disabilities stuff like that those are things we're working on to make it better um, we're working on processes like having our police officers be EMT certified right because God forbid and a big earthquake happens we're gonna be an urban search and rescue team we're gonna be EMTs being able to to help our children whether they're hurt you know and they need triage uh, God forbid a, a, an active shooter. We would be the first ones in the hot zone, what they call the hot zone, being able to triage kids right away. And bottom line is it's about saving lives because seconds you can save lives. So cross-training our law enforcement officers into EMTs. And reality is this. This is the kind of reformation law enforcement does need because, it's, I mean, we've been, we're being beat up left and right all the time for a lot of stuff that is being good done, but it doesn't, it's not set out there. Okay. That's, that's great. Um, I think a lot of the things you just touched on would, would, would help the relationship. Like you said, it sounds a lot like what you do is building relationships, positive yeah. relationships that will help deter, deter um, delinquency. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, very, uh, that's great. I, I <laughs> really you. appreciate your work. I think it's important for you know, the, the young kids. It's going to help, I think, as a society as a whole, if our kids are taken care of and we have awesome cops like you, yeah. you know, working with um, schools and the kids. And I'm sure that, I mean, you would like more of the parents' help, but yeah. I think all together we can make it happen. It's a culture shift. 
it's a culture shift and it has to be shifted appropriately because at the end of it you gotta you gotta think what's the right thing to do on that campus for the safety of kids some people might not like what has to happen but we're not going to allow parkland we're not going to allow these things to go on if we can prevent them whether my officers trained in mental health special ed I want to do that because I want to create capacity for him to grow and understand, hey, this is more than just a 911 call. This is somebody's life we're about to change, and we want to do it the right way. Okay, so I want to thank uh, Sergeant Perez for his time, and this concludes our podcast with Luis Casillas and Nancy Aguilar. And have anything, final words? No, thank you. Let's be part of the answers together. Uh, if, we can, uh, if we can come to compromise, regardless of what side you're from, That's when we grow together. Thank you so much. Thank you. No problem.